Hey friends, episode 20, Tell Me Where to Turn, a landmark episode for us uh, for sure. You've got uh, Glenn and Tommy with you this week, um, at Glenn3 underscore 11 on Twitter. You can find me at Tommy2 underscore zero. No Dave again this week, but that's pretty much to be expected at this point. Yeah, no Dave. Man, it's, it's about about a one one out of every five episodes, I would say. Yeah, Dave's got a lot of what we like to call legal problems to deal with. He can't. It's hard for him to get free to do anything other than talk to his team of attorneys at this point. Yeah. True to that. So, uh, I guess the other than you uh, going out to ACL last weekend, which we'll get to here momentarily, are are big events that have occurred since. We recorded our last episode. Biggest thing would be the demise of our Texas Rangers. Well, you see, I was going to ask you if the biggest thing was if you ended up getting the flu or not. I felt like that was the cliffhanger I left the last episode with. I did not. But honestly, uh, I didn't feel all that well for about the next 24 to 36 hours after we recorded last week. Never... Never got to the point I'd say I was sick, but I just had this constant feeling that I was coming down with something. So maybe your whole theory about how the flu shot can just mimic or mirror symptoms, but you're not really sick. Maybe there's a little bit of a little bit of truth to that. Eh, maybe old Tommy does know what he's talking about. It's funny. I was actually thinking of you today, Glenn. Not that I don't think of you every day, but was in a room full of coworkers today that had all gotten the flu shot last week and. Four or five of them were saying literally the exact same thing you said. That one one lady cl- claimed she got horrible chills, had to go to bed at seven o'clock, and it lasted for twenty four hours, and she was fine. Yeah. Well, I, I had got even uh, some more graphic detail from a couple of coworkers. Uh, so we had our shots last Thursday. So this was last Friday. Uh, one came in the office late, and another was just you know there on time, but whatever. But they were both free to share that uh, they felt that the the flu shot may have given them some uncontrollable bottom problems. Oh, no, the great equalizer? Yeah, I was real happy for two women to share that with me. Well, I didn't even think they could do that, but apparently apparently not only can they, they're free and easy about sharing it with you, too. I just slowly shut the office door in their faces and just proceeded back to... uh, the fake work I do for wow, eight or so, so hours a day. You have an office and a door and coworkers. This yeah. is unbelievable. I just don't. I don't know if I know anybody. Don't know anybody that's doing quite as well as you. Yeah, you don't know anybody with an office and coworkers with diarrhea. <laughs> no, that reminds me. Have you heard that they play it all the time on the ticket now? That that commercial about the my number two is it number two? Oh yeah. And and she asked the question, is there a number three? And the answer is, yes, of course there's a number three. But we're, we've known that for a long time. Yeah, that's not... There's no breaking news sounder for that. Yeah, I feel like she thinks she's being clever saying something that we've known for years, that there's a number three. Yeah. So speaking of uh, a number three or <laughs> diarrhea, that probably uh, adequately describes the... Rangers three game performance, uh, particularly their starting pitching against oh the Blue gosh. Jays was just a tad subpar. Yes. And I was so confident when we recorded last week. I, I was so confident that that things were gonna work out all right. 
this was a terrible series for multiple reasons. One, I obviously losing and getting swept, but also just due to the due to the start times last Thursday and Friday, and the fact that I was driving back from out of town on Sunday, I literally saw zero of this entire of the entire series. I listened to the vast majority of it on the radio, so I mean I knew what was going on, but I I didn't see a single pitch on TV. Well, and I'm I'm afraid that you and probably most of America was the same way. It was like they went out of their way to make this series unwatchable for us. So, you know, I got to go to the first game. Obviously, the next day the noon start, didn't get to see any of it. Listened on the radio like you. And then for game three, I was at ACL, which I know we're going to talk about later, but when you jam 75,000 people into a field, there's no such thing as a cell phone signal. So I, I got the just horrific experience of getting back almost to the hotel and then start getting just the deluge of push notifications. And it's like, we're ahead, we're, we're behind, we're ahead, we're at 6-5, right. it's right. extra innings and we lose. Uh, all in about a 15-second just onslaught of text messages and push notifications and it was just wow just yeah just a terrible kick in the nuts after an otherwise pretty great weekend for me but yeah man i know uh i know a guy that took it really hard and he took the extremely odd step of he goes to a lot of games this guy probably goes of all my friends he probably goes to the most games he's actually got season tickets and he got so mad after the game you know people will you know maybe act out do things he took every souvenir cup he had garnered during the year, and I'm oh, talking no. about probably 25 or 30, and threw them all in his trash outside and then took a picture of it, sent it to us. <laughs> that was how he coped with the loss. Had he then set them on fire? Oh, no, but this guy is the same guy that burned his Josh Hamilton jersey, literally poured gasoline on it and set it on fire when Josh oh, went wow. to the Angels. Well, uh, I was driving up uh, 45 North when that cataclysmic moment of uh, Odor throwing the ball 20 feet, you know, to offline or whatever. They ended up losing them the game, which I see once a week at our softball game, but didn't expect yeah. to see in the extra innings of a ALDS. But which I guess that's a difficult play to describe in detail on the on the radio call, but they did a really poor job. I thought the Rangers broadcast, which is unusual for them, but like literally. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! No, no. it wasn't so much panic, but it was just more, you know, that the the ball was hit, you know, to shortstop, and he flipped it over to Odor, and he threw it to first, and he basically just kind of described it like, oh, it pulled Moreland off the bag. And then here comes Donaldson. I thought that Donaldson just pulled the the Willie Mays Hayes and just <laughs> was like, I'm rounding third no matter what type of thing. Like, they didn't really describe it in the moment at all. Like, the play that Moreland made to get over there and get the ball was outstanding. Just to, just to block it, the, that the ball right. didn't end up, you know, past him and back, you know, by the fence. And I think the, the Blue Jays' call of it, their radio call, the guy actually focused on like what Moreland did. I was like, wow, I can't believe he got that. And then I guess he looked down and was like, oh, OS, here comes yeah. Donaldson. And Donaldson's you know, running home. <laughs> right. So so we get that ending, and I was we were driving back from out of town, and 
the the wife and kids were all asleep in the truck. So, of course, I wanted to, I didn't have any souvenir cups to throw away or set on fire. And then you want to scream out or do whatever, but I just, I think I just violently hit the volume down button and just tried not to drive off the road. Man, that's, I know the feeling though. I mean, I, I, I'm right, it was right there with you in spirit, but that just goes to terrible. show, in my opinion, that baseball is not a good small sample size sport it's when you get into these short series or even just any series after 162 games you're just there's just too much too much variance and too much luck involved yeah i would be i would be almost in favor of just going to the hey let's just let the regular season decide who the champion is and and move on a very uh very English Premier League approach. Oh wait, is that soccer? That is soccer. Okay, then I take it all back. I don't want to do that. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> I love the uh, I love the playoffs. I would never want to get rid of them because it's so much drama. I mean, it's it's just fantastic sports drama. I mean, yeah, I love awesome. the strategy and everything else, but it's not really going to determine who the absolute best team is. I mean, there's there's just too much streakiness to baseball for that to happen. I mean. You know, Cleveland comes in and runs Boston in three games. Come on, right? That's yeah. Nobody, nobody thought that was happening either. But that's also what makes it exciting and great to watch. So I would never trade it for great TV. Oh, I have some breaking right. news for you. Are you sitting down? Oh no. Uh, I well, Dimebag Daryl's already dead. So I don't <laughs> know if there's anything you can do to hurt me. <laughs> well, uh, I just want to make sure you're okay. It's just. Keep the sharp objects away, but the um, the Nationals, the uh, they're up one zero. The uh, last inning that I'm watching now just ended with uh, Bryce Harper getting picked off at first base. So, oh <laughs> man, there's definitely a conspiracy. Did you did you see that um, the bat that Bryce Harper was using tonight has uh, R.I.P. Harambe on the bottom <laughs> of it? Is that true? Really? That's very true. Oh my gosh! I saw it when we were at ACL. I wish I wish we could do pictures on this on this show. But there was a guy that had a flag that was in the uh, the style of Trump's "Make America Great Again" poster, and it said Harambe on the flag, really big. And then underneath it, it said nice. "Make Harambe Alive Again." <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, that's pretty impressive stuff for sure. But I love that Bryce Harper has bits. It's just apparently one of his bits is also not paying attention when uh, there's a lefty on the mound and you're on first base. But hey. He's probably just sitting over there thinking about how great he is. Got a little little distracted. His batting helmet fell off when he dove back into first, uh, and his hair Mm. looked amazing. I mean, literally, I, I, I don't think it could have looked any better. Hey. Still winning, still winning. So I think our uh, oh, the only thing I was gonna say, just with this uh, Rangers season as a whole, I mean, the last two years, the regular seasons have been just awesome. Yep. And I wasn't as it ended poorly last year, but I was also just from the standpoint of, well, I kind of think Toronto was the better team last year anyway. Yeah. So yeah. losing was not was not that big of a deal. It hurt, but it, but I agree. I thought Toronto was the better team too. Yeah, this year, just 
totally different. This year reminded me a lot of uh, that year the Mavericks won 67 games and were one of the favorites Golden to win State it all. Bounced and them. Yeah. I think that's a great now. That's a great analogy. Yeah, and now the the Mavericks move the needle a little more than the Rangers do, you know, for me historically. So I took that a little uh a little worse. I was a little I was definitely playing the the hurt song after right. that. And just I don't know if I threw I don't know if I threw away cups or I I don't know what I did. It that was a very despondent night, I can tell you that. But this is what that it reminded me of that. So yeah, Kinda but sucks. I mean, if you if you think about it, comparing year to year, I mean, two years ago they had David Price, we didn't have you. This year they don't have David Price, and we do have you. We were way the better yeah. team on paper, and offensively we were better. Everything about us was better. It, it's just a, like I said, it's just a small, you know, it's a small sample size thing, and you know, Cole, Cole. Cole did not have his best stuff, and then you, you know, was okay. But unfortunately, as can happen, the uh, the long ball can catch him sometimes. So, are you ready for a 2017 that's going to not feature a Holland or a Cobra? Because I think that's what's going to happen. I think I'm okay with that. But the question is, what you know, where are they going to go get pitching if it's not bringing back the, you know, those same two guys? Because Looking at the list of uh, free agents, and the first name I see listed is Jeremy Hellickson, and my first response is just next. If this was 2010, I would uh, have a little bit of a little bit of a different reaction than I do uh, today. But yeah, there's there's not a lot out there, but I feel like JD could probably get us something in there that is comparable to what we lost and more importantly is not one of those two guys and I think at that this point that's important I think it is time to cut the cord with those two I think Colby's just had it yeah I like him a lot that's what I was gonna say I would I'd love to I'd love to just see him retire and even if there was a way you know for him not necessarily like coaching or something but just to stay involved with the Rangers you know like some of the other people I think that would be terrific but I I just don't think he's got it anymore I think I think we've kind of seen the end of him and, and F Holland, you know, seriously, I hope, I hope he trips over his dog tonight and, and dies. Well, oh, okay. And I hope none uh, of the Dallas stars come to his funeral. That's what I hope. <laughs> I bet they're fake friends with him anyway. Yeah. I hope, I hope that at his funeral that, uh, Sagan and Ben and they just have something else to do and just, don't go stay home play video games something that's what i'm hoping for okay well let's uh let's move on to your uh your big weekend and man it was a big weekend it was a big yeah. weekend yeah it was it was pretty great and and this is the first it's been a little over a year since our second child was born but this was this was the first time that the uh the old wife and i have gotten away so Pretty big. Hey now. Pretty yeah, pretty big little weekend there. Pretty big little weekend, but we uh, we headed down to Austin and and uh, I talked a little bit about it last time, but but the amount of people that go to this event is l- literally staggering. They they cram seventy five thousand people into this park and it creates basically a logistical nightmare. 
because this is a park that doesn't have any parking. So, mm. and not only yeah. that, they close off most of the roads by it. So their kind of approach is like, hey, figure out how to get here, but good luck. You know, that's that's kind of the approach. And they, they do have a lot of organization as far as they have bike parking and they have, you know, pedicabs and they have a place for taxi cabs to drop off. And, and you know, they, they have everything kind of organized, but, you know, transportation to and from there is always the trick. Well, when we went a couple of years ago, we stayed at this Hyatt hotel. It was really nice. Um, and it was the closest hotel to the venue. And it was about just a tick over a mile away. So, you know, if you needed to, you could walk it. Um, okay. So when we, um, when we came out the first day two years ago of the hotel, there's those bicycle pedi- pedicabs everywhere. You know, the little bicycle with a little chariot thing in the back, right? And they're yeah, I got everywhere. You. And they're like, hey, you want to go to ACL? Yeah. And they drive you literally down to the gate, drop you off. And they gouge you on pricing. I'm not going to lie. But it was it was a real easy transportation maneuver. So this year, I... Uh, price shopped my hotel a little bit and ended up at an Omni hotel, which looked like before I went down there to be roughly in the same vicinity of the Hyatt. Well, I get there and find out not exactly. Now, since you went to UT, you know a lot about Austin, right? That's a shot at me. Oh, sorry. I have been there <laughs> and I've been to a class, but, <laughs> but I, I never enrolled there. What I found out about Austin is there's a big division in downtown and it's called the Congress Bridge and it's where the uh, Congress Street grows, goes over the river and anything on the other side of that is kind of treated differently. So the pedicabs don't go up there except on UT home games. But of course, again, you would know that since you've been to every home game since you went to school there. Uh, obviously. So we walk out of the hotel and kind of expecting to see those bike cabs everywhere the first day. So we, we rolled into town about four or five o'clock on Friday and we're going to head out to the venue and there aren't any. So now I'm kind of panicking and I'm like, well, crap, how are we going to get to ACL? So the, uh, I asked the concierge at the hotel and he says, Oh no, no, just, you know, we've got a, got a cab stand. He's just grab a nice taxi cab down there. No big deal. So what I found out pretty quick is they call the cab for you. Not, call them on the phone but they summon the cab from the street to come up which then they expect a tip for that then you get in the cab and you take a ride down to acl which you also have to tip the cab driver so we might title this episode just the tip because i handed out a lot of tips along the way okay okay but anyways we we get in our first cab of the day and we encounter the most bizarre cab driver ever with an outrageous laugh and I'm going to play you a little clip of his laugh in just a second but I want to ask I want I want I want to play a little uh trivia with you here Glenn see how you do We get in a I'm cab ready. in Austin we've got a very jovial very very energetic charismatic brother as the cab driver He asks us where we're from and we say Dallas what do you think he immediately wants to talk about Cowboys Cowboys. That's right. And he wants to yes. talk about Jerry Jones and he wants to talk about Dak Prescott and he knows everything about the Cowboys. He doesn't like the Cowboys, but he wants to talk about the Cowboys. Mm, He's actually okay. a Detroit Detroit Lions fan. So oh, that's, that's too bad. 
so anyways i'm i'm pretty uh engaged in conversation with him my wife is sitting next to me just you know dying laughing at his uh at his uh dialect and his laugh so i want to play you a little clip of this but this is uh when he was asking me about well first he started asking me about the star and then he started asking me about the stadium and i was just basically explaining to him uh how expensive it was to uh, park at the stadium. So listen to this. Yeah, every oh, every spot you get, every spot you get in the parking lot. It's ridiculous. You want to see the Cowboys? You gonna pay? <laughs> oh yeah, and the tickets. I mean, forget about it. You gonna pay to see the America's team? You gonna pay? <laughs> so how would you like about? Ugh. 30 minutes of that laugh and i'm talking loud wow. loud loud, I mean, loud. An, it's an awesome laugh but it's also just uh i just obviously you're questioning is it really that funny like that you're gonna <laughs> pay a lot of money that's we're really uh what, what is it when he really laughs loud what does it sound like you know he runs <laughs> across something really funny he just explodes well, he made me feel great about myself. I thought I was killing it. I was saying stuff that yeah. wasn't even meant to be funny, and he's just died laughing. What a great quote, awesome. though. You, you're going to pay to see America's team. Just speaking of cab rides, what do you think is the uh, the weirdest cab ride you've been on before? Well, To any place you've ever been to. It's funny. It's funny you should bring that up because my taxi cab experience was so limited that I probably took more cab rides this weekend than I ever have in my entire life leading up to this point. Oh, okay. Cause I, I hit the, I hit the lottery in Vegas, uh, two years in a row with craziest or craziest, oddest, most surprising, whatever, uh, cab drivers. And I'll just go through real quick, real quickly. So, and this was in Vegas during the day, a cab ride from our hotel to the airport both years. So you get a weird cabbie during the day. That's interesting. You'd think those guys would be more in the uh, overnight shift. Yeah. So this the, the first year, there were uh, three or four of us that were in the cab and just talking to the guy and, you know, he's asking where we're from because I think it's the most generic thing you do, blah, blah, blah. And I have no idea... This guy steered it to this subject, but he basically just, uh, or maybe some one of us had asked him, like, you know, odd people that he runs across or odd situations. And he mentioned, he's like, well, people, it was like a kind of a minivan type looking uh, cab. So it's not like a car or anything. He's like, well, people have had sex in the back, in the back row of the cab before while I was driving them around. We're like, wow, okay. And then he also what? adds, yeah, yeah, and they let me take some pictures. <laughs> and then he has his smartphone, and he goes ahead and just, uh, I don't know if it's a smartphone, but, you know, a camera phone, and just opens it up, turns it on, whatever, and just hands it back. And he's like, yeah, just scroll through a bunch of those. So, and it's just, wait, a minute, uh, wait a minute. Do you think he does this with, like, every fare he gets? Like, he just rolls right into that? I, I don't know. I mean, we had been you know, driving for a little bit, but I mean, the, the drive from the hotel to the airport can't be more than like 15 minutes. No. So yeah, we're like five minutes in and somehow it transitioned to that, uh, right away. And then the funniest part was, uh, there was, there was a picture where it was just, it was obviously after events had concluded and it was just him sitting in the back seat with this 
chick she's just got like failed smile oh, and she's no. posing for this picture with him so he and then the next he year took pictures of him and then went back and got a picture himself yeah he what? got the uh, the guy to take what? a picture of him and her so then the next year um w- the same group of guys had gone out there but i had a different flight coming back so i was just riding by myself uh from the hotel to the airport and this was just the the cabbie it was just like you know you're just your four-door car, whatever. And I was riding in the front, actually, with the cabbie. And we're just talking about, you know, whatever, this, that, or the other. And uh, for some reason, the guy, and again, the driver volunteers this. The guy brings up the topic of his son and, like, something about his son had kind of, you know, struggled with, you know, depression and alcohol and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I was like, "Uh, you know, I'm just in the conversation, like, yeah, 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 and that sounds, sounds bad, and he goes ahead and just throws out, he's like, yeah, and he, uh, he took his own life, like, three months ago, whoa, <laughs> I'm just, what do whoa. you, what do you say, bring it on down like, now, bring it on down, I'm like, I'm like man, I, that's terrible, I don't know why you're telling me this, I mean, maybe just looking for, you know, some sympathy, or just somebody to talk to about it, but you didn't have follow-up questions, like, so, so how'd he do it? Like how, or yeah, I'm evaluating my own options, or no, nothing like that. I was more thinking of, can you just pull into this uh, Southwest gate, and I can (laughs) get back to Dallas as soon as possible. (laughs) That that well, both of both of those uh, are unbelievable. But my goodness, the uh, sexual picture is just—I don't even know—I don't even know how to process that. That was an eye-opening eye-opening experience to to say the least if you will yeah so okay back to acl we we get in cab and we get to the concert yeah so friday night we we get dropped off we go through security and and this is another thing that's just insane to me so i mean again seventy-five thousand people they've got to get through security but they were taking it pretty serious this year and and i'm not talking about like you know, because you could bring in a lot of stuff there. You can't bring in outside food or drink, but, you know, people are there for the whole day. So you're bringing, you know, you can bring in bags, backpacks, chairs, umbrellas, you know, different things that they might frown upon at a typical sporting event. And they're doing okay. bag checks. I mean, this is not like the cursory where the guy sticks the, you know, drumstick down in there and kind of kind of half halfway looks through right. it. I mean, this, this is... They're looking through this it. This is yeah. like they're unzipping zippers. So, of course, my wife had like just a little baggie of trail mix, like literally trail mix, nuts and raisins. And they grab that, man, well, you can't bring this in, ma'am. You know, really give us a hard time. They frisk, you know, frisk you, pat you down. You know, what's this in your pocket, sir? Oh, it's just my wallet. You know, really giving everybody the, the degree. So, okay, fine. You know, good. We feel safe. We get in there. Well, this place is overrun with with millennials of uh, sixteen to twenty year olds, and I, I mean I I weep for the future of our country with these kids. I mean, I mean it's unbelievable. I, I mean it's really hard for me to explain, and and I mean I'm not that old of a guy, and I've never felt older in my entire life. And I mean apparently okay. like gr- girls, I mean they just wear whatever. I mean they, it, boobs out, it doesn't matter. I mean just. No, no thought for modesty. There's people in body paint. There's people in in just all sorts of just unbelievable outfits. And these are the 
dumbest, stupidest looking people I've ever seen in my entire life. Yet, I think I think these are just concert festival people. I I just don't know how there could be that many of them. Surely they have they have to do other things during the week. But mm, all of these kids maybe not. have figured out a way to smuggle in every possible piece of contraband you could ever imagine through this seemingly strict security line. So I feel like I may be totally selling that generation short because, I mean, these kids had like bongs, elaborate pipes, all kinds of drugs. I mean, you know, pot, pills, everything. In in just once you're in the festival, there's literally no security presence. And I'm, I'm kind of looking at myself like, how are they smuggling all this stuff in here? When we couldn't even get in a bag of trail mix. How would some chick smuggle a pipe in? I mean, how would that even work? I have no idea. That 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 is a uh, something that I think we probably need to do some research online about. I think that is the key, though, is whatever you're smuggling in, just to uh, somehow attach it or tie it to your privates, because they don't check that in de- in in depth, if you will. There are no there are no cavity searches. <laughs> Apparently not. Well, I'll tell you what. Some of some of these things that I saw brought in uh, it might have needed to be greased up a little bit before. Her. Oh my gosh! Uh, due to the due to the vast size. Well, and then another thing that was funny is is uh, we saw the band Band of Horses. Do you know who they are? Am I waste my I time? I know who even they are. Am I waste my time even asking this? I, I know that they are a band that exists. I they know would that. definitely skew older in their demographic. So, you know, and it's a little bit more of a relaxed show. And we're sitting on the grass while a guy, an older guy comes up, uh, sitting down. A young guy sits next to him. They have a real brief exchange. And then the young guy opens up his backpack and the dude has a complete pharmacy in this backpack. How does he get that in? How does he get that through the gate? How is this possible? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have experience with smuggling contraband into uh, into music festivals. The ones I've gone to in the past or go to now very infrequently, so they humbled. don't let you bring. They they don't let you bring anything in. Like you could bring in maybe like an empty, like plastic water bottle to fill it, to fill up at a you know a water fountain that's inside. Right. No bags. No blankets. We're checking you for uh, knives and guns. And I guess you can bring your lighter in, but that's about it. Wow. Well, speaking of knives and guns, tell me how quickly you would want to be reaching for one of these. So um, the headlining act Friday night uh, is a band called Major Laser. And they definitely fit into that (laughs) EDM category. Tell me how, how quick until you'd be reaching for the knife or gun if you're here. Everybody jump! jump. Does that that sound good to you? Would you like to listen to that for an hour and 30 minutes with just blinking lights in your face nonstop and millennials just falling out all over you? I think I would rather just be hanging upside down on the off the Margaret Hunt Hill Bridge while just listening to every episode of Race Week ever. 
than to experience that. But but that's how that's why it's enjoyable when you've smuggled in half of a bathtub full of crank and you're <laughs> dancing around with your shirt off. I mean that's that's why that's enjoyable. If you're just in a normal state of mind, you're just looking around like this is just a bunch of nonsense and chaos. Well, I think I think the drug Molly really would come into play there. And I think it did come yeah, into play for a, a lot of huge, people. That's a huge, huge factor at those shows. One thing that's funny is is when you leave. So they were a headlining act, so they played until about nine thirty at night. And when you when you leave, and I mean, I I I can't state enough the crush of people. I mean, it's 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 stifling how many people are packed into this small space. But then when you start walking out. And you're realizing that the, you're having to st- occasionally step over somebody that's literally just laying on the ground because yeah. <laughs> either they had too much Molly or too much sun or too much alcohol. And, and uh, yeah, so as you're making your way out, you have to be very, very ginger where you step because, uh, yeah, there might be, be a 16-year-old girl laying on the ground somewhere. So for the most part, is the the crowd just, is everybody just, hey, we're having fun? Or did you see a fight or two break out? I never saw a fight. I I don't I really don't know how it doesn't happen because one one of the things that's just so aggravating is the whole the whole event grows and grows as the day progresses. So when you get there at noon, there's a there's a lot more space and by the time we're getting into the headliner acts, I mean it's it's jammed in and you have to make you have to make like real decisions about where you're going to stand and get there a little early, you know, leave a show one show early to get in a good position for the next one. And it invariably, there's always some, and it's usually somebody under the age of 20 wearing a, you know, backpack that you would take on an Everest expedition that decides, <laughs> you know, five minutes after the show starts, well, like, hey, I'm going to try to get to the front and they don't stop. I mean, it, you you yeah. are packed in, you know, like sardines. And then here comes somebody just making a path through you. And I feel like my wife and I, and maybe we were too passive, but we were like a magnet for people trying to use wherever we were standing as the cut through. It was unbelievable. I'd like to say, I was going to say, I'd like to be able to say that I've never done that, but I've uh, obviously not there. I've never been to that festival, but I've done that before at concerts, just kind of laid too far back and things were getting started. I was like, I want to be a lot closer and just became guy who's just going to start walking and just not, and just not stop. I'm not going to push anybody out of the way, whatever, but I'm just going to, kind of slide through and just never, if you never break momentum, people will just get out of your way pretty much 90% of the time. And what's funny is people hold their ground, but they just keep pushing, you know? And and like, I never would go out of my way to step aside for somebody, but they just keep, they just keep going. You know, there's people like, like what you described, like what you did that just decide, Hey, I'm, I'm the most important person here. So I'm going to get to the front. And then what they do is they get to the front they get there for 10 minutes and then decide, oh, I need to be somewhere else. And then they turn around and come back through. I, It's the most maddening thing. But despite all that, and you, there was a lot of sideways looks and people jostling, but nobody ever, ever got in a fight. I didn't see anybody throw down, it, you know, it, which is amazing because when you're, when you're talking about that many people and that, you know, that uh, uncomfortable of a situation, you'd expect there to be just left and right fights and there really wasn't i mean it was a well-behaved crowd yeah that's that's surprising for the number of number of people there so what other acts uh two or three acts that stood out that you enjoyed and then maybe one or two that you were thinking about hanging yourself well 
I never, I never. Okay, so I had to be careful here because the woman that I'm currently living with may or may not listen to this occasionally. Uh, oh my! I had, I had probably one too many EDM shows. Uh, it's fun for a little while. It's fun for one or two acts, but probably by the last one we saw on Saturday, I had had about enough. And and it's such a strange thing because, you know, you go to these things for a performance and it's just something just seems really disingenuous because at the end of the day, what this guy's literally doing is he's pressing play on a computer and that's it. Yeah. And they, you know, they, put, eight... they put a turntable up there to give some kind of a... I don't even know if turntable is probably like a really dated term. They put some kind of a mixing board up there to give some kind of a illusion that they're occasionally doing something, but they don't stay behind it hardly at all. And then when they do, they just kind of look like they turn a few buttons or knobs and doesn't change anything about what's happening. Yeah, there's there's an Asian standing on stage working on a MacBook and a bunch of lasers around him. Yeah. That's what that's what the shows are. And that kind of music I was gonna say that kind of music is uh any type of music that you don't like your first criticism of it is that it every it all just sounds the same but i think that type of music may be at the top of the list like if you're not into it every time you hear it you're like that is the like the exact same beat rhythm or whatever as any other band it's it's no different well, there's like a another, slightly different hook or something but that's it another cheap thing that they do is that they they sample everybody else's song like i kept asking my wife i was like was well, this something they did no 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 that's you know that's kanye or that's you know whoever i you know i don't really know my pop acts but but it's you know just one song after another they play a little clip of it the crowd gets excited because they know it and then they go into you know a little bit of whatever the edm sounds are the rah, rah, rah. And then they, yeah. you know, stutter on something and then boom, and then the smoke sh- and fire shoots out and the lasers go off and everybody starts jumping again. But, but like the whole thing's pre-pro, that's what, that's what drives me crazy is the whole thing's pre-programmed. Like the lights, the lasers, the smoke, the computer, like that guy doesn't need to be there. And he just has a microphone and every now and then, you know, says, I can't hear you ACL, you need to jump. And then everybody jumps yeah, right. and, 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 and. Again, I'm not discrediting the fact that at some point somebody had to put that together. And maybe that was hard because you know what? Putting this freaking podcast together is hard for me. So whatever. That's great. But he doesn't need to be there. Like it could be Glenn 311 doing that and nobody's (laughs) going to know the difference. It's going to sound the same. The crowd's going to be just as excited. Yeah. What a great experiment that would be to get one of those legit groups, put everything together but then just I'll just stroll out there and I'll just click the mouse to push play and just kind of go, hey guys, what's up? And then just and that's it. And we'll just see uh, see if we get any different result. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I'm volunteering my services if uh, wh- wh- whoever this was, Major Laser or whatever. I'd love to do that. that I'm, I, I'm in whenever they're playing. I don't know the Gypsy Tea Room. <laughs> I'll uh, drive on down there and be their fake Asian DJ. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you uh, my hypothetical, which yours is yours is better. But I would like to just go out to one of those things, and you take. So we saw the Chain Smokers and Major Laser and Kygo, and just switch the computer program on every one of those shows, so that each one of those acts is just doing the other one's program. And does anybody know any <laughs> different? And my, yeah. my guess is going to be no. 
because it's the same thing. It's sampling a bunch of songs with the same tricks, you know. So yeah, if Band of Horses goes out there and plays only Cage the Elephant songs, we're gonna know. Right. If Major Laser goes out there and plays the flash drive from uh, Chainsmoker set, I don't think anybody's going to know, or if anybody does know, it, it's going to be a very, very small minority of people there. You're just so, you're just so old and out of touch. I feel like it. You just can't relate to this new generation. But yeah, I'll I'll quickly go through the acts, and then I've got a funny story from leaving there Sunday that I think you'll enjoy. Uh, one of the one of the ones that was definitely disappointing, and I don't think it was their fault, was the Cold War Kids. I really liked the band, but there was just an amazing amount of audio issues that they were having. And I, I think it was some of the speakers on the stage. And it was early Friday, and I and they must have gotten it sorted out later in the weekend. But that was really disappointing um, for me. Uh, everything kind of led up to Mumford and Sons closing it down. And that, that was just a, uh, a seminal semen impossible moment for me. Uh, they had the banjos. Oh, they had the banjos. They had everything. It, it, it was amazing. I was going to say, I don't really, I'm not real. I mean, I know who they are. I've heard songs of theirs, but I'm not like overly familiar with their entire catalog. But I do honestly think that like, if you just had placed me there, you know, five minutes before the show started just to see their performance. I think I could stand there and watch and actually enjoy it. I, I would gather that they are good live performers and they're yeah. not just pushing, you know, they're not <laughs> pushing control, alt, delete and their password to, to get their show started. Yeah. Just hoping that their computer doesn't go to screensaver before the uh, show's over. Yeah. They don't get the, the wheel of death. The lead singer, Marcus Mumford like really impressed me just as far as his guitar playing. He got up and played the drums for a while. It was really engaging. And this was kind of our, you know, like this was the last show. This was Sunday night. This is, you know, this is what everything, they closed the festival. And of course, you know, in that situation, everybody in the festival essentially is going to be there. There was another band that played until nine thirty that took a little bit of the crowd, but not much. So we had made the decision that, that, you know, we, this is one of the main reasons we showed up. So we got pretty close to the front and that helped so much with the, with the big act. I mean, we got there right at about an hour before they started and, you know, battled through as much as we could to, to be, you know, to be pretty close to the stage. And when I turned around, you know, about 30 minutes into the set and could see just nothing but a crush of humanity all the way back and up the hill. Yeah, I'm so glad we made the decision to to get where we were because I think that really yeah. enhanced uh, enhanced the uh, the whole experience for us. And I mean, and they played, you know, a solid two hours, which is, you know, the longest set of the festival. They uh, They did an encore, which nobody else does. They brought out some... Uh, for the very last song, they brought out some of the other bands that had been there and did a uh, a Beatles cover to end the whole thing. I mean, it was just it was awesome. They had to ruin it with that at the end. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, just kind of move on and pretend you didn't say that. What what, what Beatles song did they play? Uh, Little help from my friends. No idea. Oh oh yeah, I'm not surprised they didn't play a. Uh, Lamb of God. Then play, song. so. Hey Jude, that's a Beatles song, right? 
Yes, that's a beetle. Okay, okay. you're about to okay. piss me off. I, I think, I think I know. We're having a good conversation I'm, here. I'm, now you're pissing me off. I might know five. I have to think about it. Maybe write them down. But I might know five. Oh my gosh, that'll be. You know what? I'm writing. I'm writing that down. Is that that is going to be a uh, future episode challenge? Is how many Beatles songs can Glenn name in thirty seconds? <laughs> Yeah, you have to hit me on the on the spot because I don't want to. I don't want to study it all ahead of time. Okay, well, go right now. Then right now. No, 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 no. Besides, hey Jude, give me right f- now? Give me four oh more Beatles songs besides much. Hey Jude. F- okay, okay, I already got Hey Jude. Yeah. Okay, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. That's one. Yeah. Um, I want to hold your hand. That's one. Yeah. That's when they were a boy band, right? Yeah, that was that's, before they were it's, all it's drugged Sullivan up. Beatles, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, is there one, it's, it's about Michelle, Michelle's in the title? Yes, my goodness, how did you pull, that's a, that's a weird, that's a weird place to go when there's so many more obvious ones, but hey. I, I got that in a, a story from a, somebody that works in our office. Um, it's an interesting story. Well, her middle name is Michelle, and that's why, because it's after that song. So that's the only reason I hung on to that. The story didn't get uh, much better. Let's see. No, but I had to at least explain it. See, there's a lot of other ones. Um, dang it. Is the song, is there really a song about, is it called I'm the Walrus, or is it just about a walrus? No, there's a I'm the Walrus song, yeah. Man. So the, a song called I Am the Walrus. Sounds awesome. <laughs> the Rolling Stones run circles around around those guys. Oh my gosh. You're you're saying things that you're not gonna be able to take back later when you realize how uh idiotic you sound. You just let me know the last time the Beatles toured and uh uh indeed. We'll go from there. Indeed. Let's Shows just how uh, irrelevant. Yeah, let's just say if Dimebag Daryl was going to be forming a band, be a couple of uh, really, really talented people he could recruit for that band. He's got George Harrison. No, no, no. That wasn't the drummer. Ringo was the drummer. Well, Ringo's still with us, So, but John yeah, Lennon's yeah, he's still dead, with us. So, and George Harrison's also yeah. dead, but uh, indeed, indeed. Yeah. All right, well, there's, a, there's my Beatles lesson. Probably just going to delete that whole apart from the show i don't even <laughs> want to be associated with it i'm I'm gonna do what billy bush should have done in just distance it just got up and walked away yeah so before if you're gonna start talking about like the best way to grab anything i'm out of here mm. no point that out. we're not gonna we're not gonna venture into uh locker room talk but just talking about the festival and everything just brings us to the general subjects of concerts and festivals so what do you think was the the first concert that you ever went to and don't include like the, you know, the Christmas show at first Baptist church or something so like that. I can't like include a, the Sandy would, Patty Christmas extravaganza. Is that no, what you're telling me? Like, cause that sounds like something you were just forced to go to. What if, what if I went like to like you attended? What if I, Oh, by myself or with, or with, with friends, friends not that, not that, uh, parents took me to. Yeah, so you th- were you like high school age or younger than that? Well, no. Boy, that's that's tricky because high school we did 
not a lot, but a fair amount of like Christian music concerts. Okay. So, I mean, well, probably I like, mean, I, I like think... if you want a KLTY throwback, like Phillips, Craig, and Dean was probably like the first thing I really went to. It was awesome, was by that the way. Cel- Celebration Freedom on uh, July 4th? No, I always wanted to go to that, and I could never get my parents to take me. I, I was desperate for Celebrate Freedom and never could make it happen. Yeah. Well, but no, it was, I, I'm it was sure pretty that was lame. Some, somewhere, probably Fort Worth Convention Center or something like that. You know, it really wasn't yeah. until I started dating my now wife that we started getting serious and going to see like a lot of concerts. Um, How many disturbed concerts did she take you to? All right. I can tell you the the worst couple of things she's ever made me go to. She made me go with her to see Seal. <laughs> That's probably like honestly top to bottom the worst concert I've ever been to because I didn't know any songs and there wasn't much about it that was that entertaining to me. And we had and there bad wasn't seats. Twi- and there wasn't Twitter just to scroll through the whole time. No, they, this was this was probably mm. pre-smartphone days. That was probably the that was Your probably wife, the worst thing that she's ever made me go to was. Sealed. She asked me to go. To, she asked me to go to a disturbed concert with her one time. <laughs> That's a true story. I know. I, I know. Declined. And I, I, of all of all the endearing things about her, the affinity for disturbed, I'm never never really going to understand that. You know, the I, thing is I was never a huge, I was never huge on them, but, um, I, it was kind of one of those things with, uh, that, you know, genre of music. That's a band that I always, that I wanted to see like once, even though I wasn't really into them. I was like, well, I just want to see what they've got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it just happened to be that like two months before, I guess they strolled through here on their own tour. They were at a festival that i went to and i saw him so like when she was like hey they're coming in town do you want to go i was just like uh kind of been there done that so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a hard pass so sorry wow so i apologize again because i think it was about it was one of those where the the question was posed and like the email response within about a second and a half was no nah, i don't think so <laughs> but so again i apologize what if you ever got the email that said hey man you want to go uh check out seal it would have been i my email is programmed for that to go to the uh spam folder <laughs> immediately just direct to spam what yeah, was what about no... you what was the what was the first one what was the one that busted your uh well, I, you know, oh. I was, yeah I, i'll stop there <laughs> what was your first concert uh i believe it was i think this was either 94 or 95 uh the toadies at will oh, rogers coliseum wow another fort worth pretty reference. awesome I- i've never seen yeah. them i would i loved them growing up would love to have been there for that yeah i've seen them a couple times saw them there and then i saw them somewhere else i think somewhere in a deep elm around that same time around like the 95 that's awesome. 96 uh yeah and then there's been some other times where i've wanted to go and it just didn't work out like i think they played the Richardson Wildflower Festival uh, this past <laughs> summer, but I just well, I wasn't able to go. But seriously, I was like, it's like twenty five, thirty bucks to get in for the day. But I was like, I'll go, and you know, they were like the second to last or last band on, and they're all like, got to be like in their fifties now. Oh yeah, but, you know, whatever. Wildflower is such a punchline for me. 
uh, because it's if if we any anybody ever brings up like whatever happened to Third Eye Blind or Everclear or Matchbox Twenty, it's like oh well they're playing Wildflower this year. It's it's the default joke for me. Yeah, no, there's a lot. There's a lot of that at those. Like you run into. Uh, I'm trying to think of who all we saw the last time I went, which has been at least a few years ago. But it was uh, oh, and we went almost like almost as a bit. But it was uh, seven Mary three. <laughs> There's another and one. Lit. Yeah. If you remember another them. One. Another one. And then, and then fuel was the headliner. Oh my gosh. And it was. It was, it was like it was one of those like it's kind of bad, but then you just think back to, you know what? Like twelve years ago, this was really, really in the wheelhouse for Dude, at least that was, you know that a was few my months. that was my late high school, early college wheelhouse. I can remember having that lit CD, the one that had my own worst enemy on it, with the had a girl and a floaty in a yes. bathing suit. Like I mean, I can remember just wearing that thing out, thinking like, "This is oh, like terrible. music can't get any better than this. Like this is as good as it gets. <laughs> this is this is the pinnacle." And and also that it's gonna be around forever, man. Yeah, I think they saw a second album. Yeah, I would have fully expected that here we are in 2016 that we'd still be talking about just how lit's just out there just crushing it every night that i'd be trying to pass the you'd be so surprised when i couldn't pass the name five lit songs quiz i think i just told you the extent of the ones i could name so gosh that's funny right there right there with you so yeah i think we started i started there and then the first like big festival we actually talked about last week was the Lollapalooza that they had out in Ding Dong Ferris, Texas. Ferris, Texas. For some reason. Which is But hilarious. then from there I mean I loved it and then from there I think is when uh Ozfest yeah started coming through town every summer and that was from like 97 through I don't know how long they did it every year probably through like 2003 or 2004 that was every single summer. That was absolute must attend event and saw all kinds of all kinds of weird things out there. I bet there. you saw some fights and at that. There were fights and that's why I asked the question, because there's always a fight or a few at that type of thing. And um just other things that you see you know, one or two years it was they were always always at the Smirnoff or Jexa or whatever it's called. And one or two of the years we got uh, seats that were actually in the seats or, you know, real close to the stage. But for the most part, uh, especially when we were was in, still in college or just out, out of college, we were out on the lawn. lawn and that's seats. where the real interesting yeah. people are. Yeah, that's where the people that, like, had to make a sacrifice to pay for their ticket are. Yeah, they're on their, that that oversized margarita that they're drinking was their that's the that's the end of their paycheck and they're just living life to the to the fullest so yeah no uh no shortage of nudity out there whether it's you could term it wanted or unwanted uh i think <laughs> one year we were we were there and it was it was at night so it was the last band or two and uh people had taken whether it was just trash cups 
their shirts, whatever, and just made a pile and set it on fire. Oh my god! And you talk about you talk about something straight out of Lord of the Rings. So you're out there on the lawn. There's this not it's not like a bonfire, but it's more than just a little fire. And then it's basically just like a a circle pit of people just running around it as the band as the band is playing. There's no way that that security wasn't all over that, right? I mean, you can't let that go on. They they were out there, but uh, it seemed to be as under control as they uh, they felt comfortable with it. And actually, a buddy of mine that was with us, we were somewhat participating and then somewhat just kind of watching this. Well, he was, uh, this was probably, uh, I think we're still college years, but he was a like uh, second place class 5A state high jumper. So he, so he had some hops. So he decides, he's like, hey, check this out. I'm going to run and broad jump over this this big pile of fire during this whole thing. So if he just slips or trips or whatever, like he's just going to have like third degree burns everywhere. But hey, he sounds like he was qualified to make the jump. He got nothing yeah. to worry about. His most kick-ass idea. Like he just takes off and just broad jumps this whole thing. And then, of course, anybody else who's watching it just goes nuts when he clears it. So not even paying attention to the band at that point, just watching somebody jump over fire. But... That's what you get. That's what you get at Ozfest. That is amazing, my friend. Yeah. So, one of many. I'll tell you this cool thing that happened to me, and it has nothing to do with fire, or Ozfest, or alleged prolific high school athletes. But we went to see, and this is uh, probably two thousand five, six time frame. But we went to see the Kings of Leon, who, do you know who they are? I know who that is. They're, yeah. they're a huge band now. At the time, they were essentially an indie band. I mean, they, they had one record out, and, and nobody knew who they were. We went to see them in Deep Ellum, and, and of course, the show, was, the show was sold out in Deep Ellum, but you know, this, this, was, this, was, this was very underground at the time. Well, we were, they were at the Gypsy Tea Room before they changed the name of it, so it was the actual Honest okay. to Goodness was- Gypsy Tea Room. That was going to be my question as to what venue, because I don't, I don't think I've actually, uh, in its former name or current or whatever, I've never been there. So what kind of capacity? You know, it, it's hard for me to gauge, but it was not a big room. I mean, it, 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 I, I'm gonna, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably, we'll probably have email complaints about this, but I'm gonna say if you've been to hey, bring it Southside Ballroom, okay, you've been there, right? Okay, I would say it's probably half. It's probably half the size of Southside Ballroom. That would be my guess. It's very similar in how it's laid out. It's probably a little bigger than House of Blues and a little smaller than South Southside. That's about where we're at. All right. No seats. There you go. Bar in the back. Uh, really, I mean, this is gritty. I mean, this is not well done uh, place. But w- right across the streets, the uh, the original. I don't know if it's the original, but the Taco Diner before they put them in all the suburbs. So, okay, we. I got you. Uh, we said, "Hey, you know, let's let's go have a nice taco before the uh, show starts." I and like tacos. Yeah, we wa- we walk into Taco Diner and we're eating our dinner and we get ready to get up to leave and hadn't noticed the whole time. But you know, who's sitting in the booth in the corner? The Kings of Leon, all four of them, just in there hanging out eating tacos. <laughs> there you go. And we uh, we stopped by their table because we didn't recognize who they were, and at the time, nobody knew who they were. They just they just looked like generic Deep Ellum guys and. We went by and said hi to him. Said, "Hey, have yeah. a good show tonight. We're going across the street to here. It was awesome. 
It was absolutely awesome. Wow. It was a very cool moment. And then and we went over and watched the show after that and they killed it, man. It was it was really yeah. like if I'm yeah, I, I didn't prepare a list for this, but I mean this was top five, no question for me. Yeah. No question. No, that's that definitely stands out when you see uh, a band that either gets huge or you just like them a lot. Yeah. Um, and you see them in that small of a right of a venue. And there and there was a buzz, man, because in in you know not that I know anything about music, but you walked out of there feeling like these guys could be big one day. Like there was that kind of a vibe leaving there, which was cool. I feel like I had the the same feeling when I saw. Slipknot play at Deep Ellum Live in 99. I feel like I had the same feeling walking out of there. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand a lot about your lifestyle, but your affinity for that kind of music is just baffling to me. Some things either cannot be or maybe are better off just not explained. Did you ever go to any concerts at Deep Ellum Live? No. I don't think that that play, place had either AC or heating. Oh my goodness! Because because I feel like, and I'm I'm probably wrong, but um, it's very you know, uh, just nothing but concrete inside, from what I remember. And I I don't even know if it's still there, or if they remodeled it or whatever. But I feel like when I went there, it was either if you went during the summer, it was just a complete sweat fest. That's insane. And then if you went in the wintertime, like in between bands, you're like freezing your balls off just waiting for something to happen so you can just kind of Waiting for somebody to start a bonfire that you could jump over to warm up? Uh, you know what? I went to a show there. I'm trying to think of who I went to see. I can't, I can't remember. But in between, there was two bands. And in between from the second to the, to the headliner – all they were doing was just playing like a CD of some band, you know, over the speakers. Right. And like the en- the entire floor just broke out into a giant mosh pit for <laughs> for a CD. for basically the equivalent of of major laser. Just they just put in the, maybe, the CD into the the Sony Discman and push play. Maybe some exec record exec was there that night and realized that that was the future of music. Just play. Uh, maybe it. so, but yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was the only time I ever experienced that. So, well, is did you have any any more band stories top of mind that you wanted to share tonight? Because I've got I've got one more, but I want to I want to kind of close us down with that one. Um, no, the only I made a couple of other notes. Um, gosh, one of these I don't even know if I want to I want to tell it because it's it happened. And I will remember it forever, but it's it's real disturbing and explicit. Oh no. But oh no, the, these were all at three separate um, Pantera shows of the late '90s. Oh my! And the first one was the first time I ever saw them, and I was just I didn't know what to expect. I'd never really been to a show like that, and just how just turned up everybody was and almost like a it was a scary kind of way as things start to get going and I think I've told you this story before like I'm just standing there just kind of staying out of the major activity I'm just watching the show but I'm fairly close to the stage and I guess some thing to do which I didn't know at the time was hey you just like take your shirt off take out your lighter light your shirt on fire (laughs) and then kind of wave it around just throw it (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm just standing there, just like minding my own business, just, you know, checking out the show. And all of a sudden, somebody's on fire lit black T-shirt just lands on my shoulder, what? which I immediately just go, I just go into a panic. Like, it's not like it's flaming on fire, but you know, like one end of it is definitely lit. Like, I look over and there's something that's lit by you know a lighter that's on me. The immediate reaction is get this off of me immediately. That um, is unbelievable. So I, this just we're just gonna build here. Because then I think the next time I saw them, it was at uh, Fair Park Coliseum at the on the fairgrounds, obviously. And this was back when, do you remember when we had the Fort Worth Fire and the Dallas Freeze of the some minor hockey league? I don't think it was the Dallas Freeze, but I remember the Fort Worth Fire for sure. Wasn't it the Fort Worth Fire and the Fort Worth Brahmas? Well, I think the fire became the Brahmas. There was a team in Dallas. There was definitely that, a time when there was fire and Brahmas and they unstably shared the same arena because I know that. Okay. But I didn't know about the Dallas Maybe Freeze, so. but I lived in Fort Worth at the time, so I probably so wouldn't. I think have it was called the Dallas. I think it was the Dallas Freeze and they played at Fair Park Coliseum. Well, Pantera's playing a show there and they put some type of one or two layers of flooring over the ice which was underneath it. Well, during sure. the course of the show, the fans realize that like this floor can be removed. Oh no! So there's like a level that you're standing on, which I think it was kind of more of a rubbery type flooring, and under that, it was almost like it was plywood. That's what I'll compare it to. Well, people had figured out you could get through this and pull it up. People were pulling up the plywood during the show, which exposed some of the ice that oh, was underneath. Oh no! And they were using the plywood to basically like crowd surf on everybody. Oh no! Which is just a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious visual. Oh my gosh! And um, and then after all these, inevitably, because we would always get uh, general admission and floor seats, because that's how you have the most fun. But I guarantee it, every one of these I ever went to, when you're walking out, you are walking out, just kind of looking to your right and your left. You're going to see either A, an open condom wrapper, or B, a used condom just sitting on the floor somewhere. Oh, no. Where somebody has, has uh, timed it to the oh, no. climax of a new level or some other song that was being played and just like, yeah, this is, uh, I've always dreamed of this. So you ready for most of this disturbing thing anybody's ever seen at a concert? I'm... Uh... I'm ready, or, but, or do you, but I'm already disturbed, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm horrified to think about where this is going to go. But yeah, let's have it. Okay, so first of all, this happened in Lubbock, so we'll just preface it with that, that it's okay. in a pretty wheels-off place. So I traveled up there to see a, uh, I think it was Pantera and Anthrax. Those were our, our bands of choice that My night. My goodness. So we're in between bands, and there's a group of us. We're just hanging out, just standing around, you know, until the lights go down. Well, there are women at these shows that like to show off, you know, what they've got. And most of the crowd is more than willing to cheer them on. Okay. So this one this one chick decides she's going to go ahead and uh, going to go shirt off. And that gets uh, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a cheer or whatever, so she decides that she's gonna end up going let's go pants off. 
Oh no. Oh, and no. uh hold on. And you know, there's cheers from there and then uh whatever little was underneath the pants, then that is removed. Oh no. So then the crowd is uh pretty much a frenzy and I guess security just unaware of what's going on or just lets it slide. Well, it's Lubbock. That kind so of th- stuff probably happens all the time. Yeah, probably so. But we're we're now at the... <laughs> we've reached the end of the story or the near end. And this is the part that is very disturbing. So she she's there with some other people and she has like two or three guys kind of lift her up. And like, like she... And by this point, she is unclothed. Oh, no. So she has these guys lift her up and like hold their arms out so she can do the splits. Oh no. And then some dude who's just standing nearby says, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and see if I can just slide a digit in there oh. real quick and just see what happens. <laughs> Which she was not real... Uh, ready for that she quickly uh swiped that away and that kind of ended the festivities uh, yeah but, that's, that's a uh crime uh yeah that's locker room talk right there yes. i witnessed it but okay it was scarring it was no I'm doubt scarring because that was almost story. 20 years ago and it will never it will never leave me wow but the show was great so Nice little, uh, nice little two-hour set, and uh, got some mosh pitting in, and got out of there. Well, let me try to, let me try to bring us up to a little happier note to end the show. How's that sound? Okay, let's do it. Because I don't know what else to say, but, but anyways, as I, I don't either. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, so we, for the whole festival, we were taking a taxi cab in, and then we would take a taxi cab home, and it's about a twenty-dollar fare, and a lot of the fare is just sitting around. Uh, in traffic so Friday night the wait to get a cab out was pretty bad Saturday night it was pretty bad and you know Sunday we were at the very front of the Mumford and Sons show so we're pretty much not the last out the gate but there's probably about 50,000 people that have got out the gate before we get out the gate so okay we make the kind of make the on the fly decision you know what um we we're not going to be able to get a, it's going to take us three hours to get a cab. So we're going to try to figure out another way to get back to the hotel. So we start walking up, uh, Barton Springs road, which is closed off and we get a little ways up and they have all the bicycle pedicab people there. So remember I've been paying 20 bucks, 25 bucks to get a cab ride back to the hotel. So engage one of the guys in conversation say, look, can you take me to the Omni? And he goes, no, we, we don't go that far, but I can get you to the Congress bridge, which is probably about, another mile walk from there to the Omni, maybe a little less, maybe three quarters of a mile. So I'm thinking weighing my options. And I said, okay, you know, we've got to do something. So I said, yeah, how much to get me to the Congress bridge? $60 on the bike. And I'm more than happy to pay it. So he starts, yeah, we're in a really, I mean, it's bad. So we get on there. He, you know, guy immediately runs into another bike, like, does the Ben Hur spoke to spoke with them and they're yelling at each other. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm worried that they're going to stop and have a fight on the side of the road. I mean, it's really tense. Oh, and I don't know the actual title of this song. He's got a speaker on his bike 
and he's playing the move bitch get out of the way at like ear splitting volume is that uh is that dmx yes and with the in bombs in there and everything so here my sweet wife Indeed. and i are sitting in this cab while this guy's blasting this and i mean He's basically driving through a congested area, you know, almost hitting people. He runs into his other bike. They're MFing each other. So it's, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, bad situation. And of course, while I'm on this bike is when I'm starting to get all the text messages that the Rangers lost. So we're getting close to this bridge and he turns around and, and he had kind of even gotten a little shaken up by the run in to the point where he wasn't sure he wanted to go back down there and perhaps run into this guy that he almost got in a fight with. So he looks right. at us and he says for a hundred dollars, I will take you all the way to your hotel. Whoa. He's renegotiating mid. Yeah. So basically mid-trip. it's, so my options now are 60. He drops me off at the bottom of this bridge. And by the way, when I say bridge, it's like a, kind of an arched bridge so the the first 50 plus percent of this bridge is is at an extremely steep grade or i can just slide the guy a hundred dollar bill and he will drive me straight to the hotel so okay well i guess we're going to get to what you did so let's well, let's get to that first. okay well no so i i don't even think about it i say yes sir one hundred dollars is coming your way you drop me you drive the bike up right and right into my room and you will get a hundred dollars <laughs> So he, he turns around and he says, great. And then he immediately pulls out his cell phone and he makes a phone call. And it's a strange phone call. And he says, hey, you there? And, you know, of course, we hear the other end of the line. And he says, okay, I'll be there in a few minutes. The same price? Okay. Hangs up his phone. So now I'm really wondering what's going on. Because I've just agreed to give this guy $100. He's made a weird phone call. So now I'm getting a little nervous because right... Because what I've done now is I've basically disclosed that I have a lot of cash on me. I've got at least $100 mm. cash. I actually had about $400 on me, but that's a whole other story. Well, we come around and we were coming up to the Congress Bridge, which is where he's originally going to let us off. Remember, going straight uphill, there's a guy standing there kind of making eye contact with him. And I see our guy start reaching in his pocket. Now I'm going, okay, something's not, something's not good here. Like, something's bad. And I don't know what's going to happen. Well, he pulls out a, a $20 bill out of his wallet. And he's holding it down. And the guy's kind of walking beside the cab as we're starting to go up this hill. And he goes, he said, the driver says to this guy, he says, you have, can you give me change? And the guy goes, yeah, I got change. So he hands him the 20 The guy hands him back a $10 bill. So now I'm thinking, okay, a drug deal just went down. This guy's decided, you know, he's going to get 100 This is the end of the day. He's buying, you know buying some of the good blue meth or something right no you know what this guy did he pays this guy this guy that stands at the the bottom of the congress hill his job take you the rest of the way no his job for ten dollars is to get behind the pedicab and this guy starts running with all his might and pushes the pedicab up the hill so the driver doesn't have to pedal too hard so this guy stands okay. at the bottom of the hill, goes into it. I mean, and he works hard for about a minute. An all-out sprint, pushing the bike cab up the hill of the bridge so that this guy can save a little energy to get us the rest of the way to our room. Wow. So I asked the guy, I said, because obviously this is a known thing, and he's like, oh, yeah, that guy's great. He goes, man, he saves me on UT home game days. 
He's like, he and he goes, he makes a killing. He just stands there and just runs up the hill all night. Like he just runs up the hill, runs back down, pushes somebody else up the yeah. hill, and runs back down. So what? What do you think happens if you'd already negotiated sixty? He turns around and says a hundred, and you're basically like, no, we said sixty. It's going to be sixty. What do you think happens there? He just gets off the bike and just walks away or yeah no he stops at the bottom of that hill and says good luck you know your hotel's straight that way good luck walking yeah now the guy now the ten dollar push guy he might offer to carry us up the hill for ten dollars i don't know about that but yeah yeah i just wonder how that could have played out because if you're like no i'm not paying you more than 60 and then he doesn't want to take you any further you could then just be like i'm not giving you anything yeah, and actually what's funny is you can do that because technically by letter of Austin City Code, they can't charge you for that service. It's all based on a gratuity. So I'm not even committing a crime. If I make that guy take me straight to the hotel, $100 agreed to and all, and then I get out the hotel and say, ah, sorry, bud, <laughs> there's no recourse. Now, he, I mean, he could tackle me. He could assault me, but... Would you have been worried that he would have vicious, viciously assaulted you if you'd have tried to just short him the money? No, this guy couldn't even pedal a bike up a hill. I'm not too worried about that. Oh, and that's another thing, too, is this guy, like, for somebody that does that as a living, didn't seem to be in the best shape because he was breathing pretty heavy by the time we got where we needed to go. Wow. Maybe he just had a... He took on a big stake right before his his biking that night or something like that. Yeah. But I did kind of feel like a sucker. Wow. So I, I took, yeah, you know, I ta- taxi you cabs got... for two and a half days of the event and then literally paid in cash more than I had paid aggregate for all my cab rides, the entire festival to this poor guy. I guess at the end, you're just desperate to get back. You've been oh, yeah. outside all I day. Mean, been, you, know, you just don't want to mess with it. Yeah. We've been standing up, you know, essentially for three hours. Cause you know, we, we got there so early to see Mumford. Yeah. I, I mean, to borrow a line from you, I, w- I w- was literally up for anything at that point. <laughs> I think if he had said $200, I probably would have said fine. I think he might have I think he might have left some meat on he might have left some meat on the bone to be honest with you. You got to at least make an attempt at negotiation. You know, when he says 100, you got to be like, "What are you, you know, what are you talking about? I'll give you 70." And yeah. that's it. Yeah, and and you know what? He caught me. He caught me at a point where my willpower was completely done, and you yeah. know, the Ranger, Rangers had lost. Somebody had during the Mumford show had stolen my folding chairs and my umbrella that I brought with me. I, I I was pretty much at that point. I was just pretty much willing to pay any amount of money I could to get back to my hotel in one piece. But all that being said, no regrets for the whole weekend. I wouldn't have done anything different. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I th- that's one of those things I think I want to attend someday, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm just not plugged in enough to the music scene to keep myself entertained for three days. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about it, and this will be for more email fodder from our from our listeners, but yes, I chose Major Laser over seeing Radiohead, and yes, I chose seeing Mike Snow over Willie Nelson. So <laughs> sue me. Wow. There are no doubt all kinds of people just jumping 13 yards off sides right now. There's no doubt. What do we got on tap for next show? You got anything you got anything you want to tease ahead for? Uh, not off the top of my head, but you know, we we've talked about in several former episodes that, you know, the first 20 were just the warm up. The yep. the real stuff starts with 21. So, I guess it's not 
the huge vote of confidence that my the first thing that I say about episode 21 is I have no idea, but maybe that leads to gold. Hey, I uh, I I can tease this ahead. I will have a new microphone for episode 21. It is finally after much bizarre. Excellent. Don't ever order anything from the Amazon marketplace. If it doesn't say Prime, buy it. Don't get it. That's my advice to you. Uh, I got sucked into the uh, good deal and then the 21-day shipping. Oh, yeah? But it finally has now has a tracking number and is slated to arrive sometime before we record next week. So I don't know, uh, starting this off, do you have any idea what the exchange rate is between the euro and the dollar right now? I don't know. I think it's a lot closer than it used to be because of the uh, Brexit. Brexit. So a couple, two weeks ago? Was that two weeks ago when we did the Over the Top episode? Yeah, yeah. I think we covered that during that episode I was doing some of the research online and I found a a Bull Hurley and Lincoln Hawk t-shirt. So I ordered it and it showed up this week. And my anticipation is that the first time I wash it, it's probably going to shrink to the size <laughs> of a napkin, and I'll just use it. It's like you know, to, I don't as, know. You'll use it as a uh, as a feminine napkin. <laughs> I'll use it as a hygienic wipe. Um, but first off, if this thing doesn't shrink to you know the size of a post-it note, it's an awesome T-shirt that I will cherish forever. But it showed up this week. It got delivered, and I didn't even realize because I just kind of scrolled through, put in the credit card information and all that. I get it and open it up, and the receipt, like the itemized receipt, the amount is in just in euros. Oh, so no. I have no idea, no actual idea what I paid for this T-shirt, whether I, I just got completely ripped off. I think rule but of thumb right now is whatever it is in euros, you want to just subtract just a small percentage, and that would be your amount in dollars. But your credit card's probably going to charge you an international transaction fee. So I probably just paid like $300 for a double XL piece of cotton. <laughs> hey, well. listen, I, I literally at the festival bought my wife and I just the generic festival shirt that has all the bands on the back. Fifty yeah. bucks a pop, hundred dollar, hundred dollar bill for two T-shirts. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, usually at your standard concert, they're like thirty or thirty-five, and then but there are always guys in the parking lot selling knockoffs. That are yes, like and that bucks. happened here too, and it it was ten dollars, and I really want to understand how they pull that off, but they had them. The, th- the thing is, from experience, buying a couple of those before, you're running about a I don't know if it's fifty-fifty, but maybe something like that shot of it's either the same quality it's going to last as much as the ones that are 40 and 50 bucks or the first time you wash it like it just fades into nothing. everything that was printed on it just comes off it's just laying in the bottom of the washing machine like yeah <laughs> it's just a i mean it's literally just like a shadow of its original self the first time you watch it wash it so i've had both experiences one that it you know i saved 20 30 bucks and got the same quality and the other that I just had a dish rag after like one week. <laughs> oh. But no, otherwise, uh, for next week, I think we've uh, got nothing, but we got seven days to put something uh, together, and we start anew next week. I'm going to take us out with a little uh, Mike Snow. So sorry, Willie Nelson. And I've stopped Stay dreaming, hard. now I'm supposed to feel it up.